Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Susie Walla. Faisal is ranked within the top three real estate brokers in the world for Remax and was recently named Canada's top agent. Faisal began his career at the young age of 18 and has been providing outstanding results for over 30 years now, most notably with Remax Twin City Realty. Faisal is here today to talk everything from where the market is right now to what happens when the government wants your land. Welcome back to the show, Faisal. Uh, listeners, yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. And, and uh, listeners, if you're interested in any of the information we discussed, over this next hour, you can reach out to Faisal directly. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Lots to talk about today, Faisal. If we jump right in and uh, and take a look at a market update, for example, how was July and August in terms of, of sales and pricing? So July and August were a little bit slower than what we were hoping or expecting, both in terms of price and uh, sales activity were down significantly uh, in July and August. And that's primarily due to the shock to people system due to the interest rate increase back in late June, early July. And that impact was really felt over the summer months. So what we had was a pause in interest rate increase from January till about June. We had no increase. And that was a catalyst to increased values. So we actually saw a gain in real estate values in our region of up to 10% across the board, single detached condos, uh, semis and whatnot. And then we saw the... Every everybody sort of hitting the sidelines as soon as the rates went up. So right. now what we're finding is that people are just having a second thought, looking at their finances, seeing the renewals come in, and then just contemplating whether or not you know this is the opportunity they want to take to buy or sell or just sit on the sidelines. And most people have chosen to just pause right now. Historically, do things normally slow down in in the summer months as well? Yes, if we take COVID out of the picture, historically, we would see uh, the season is very strong, March, April, May, and early part of June. Then holiday season begins uh, at the end of June when kids are out of school. So July, first couple of weeks are very slow, typically. And then there's not a lot of runway left between mid-July or mid-June to end of August when school commences again in September. So we're finding that people are now really focused on March, April, May purchases so they can settle in by June and July and be ready for the next school year, especially in our region where majority of the purchasing is happening from non-local buyers, buyers that are coming in from the GTA and they have to you know, set some roots uh, before uh, the beginning of summer or exactly. school yeah, exactly. The other thing too, I would suppose, is a lot of is there a is there a portion of our market too that um, it's it's parents making purchases for children that are at, at colleges or universities and looking at at an investment and and those I, I guess we're kind of uh, we're focusing on certain times of the year when those things would be happening as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, parents are are out there looking at because again, along with the rental housing crisis right across the board, uh, students are having a very difficult time finding accommodation 
even in our region, uh, my kids go to London, friends' kids go to Waterloo, and um, it's a real challenge. If you haven't got accommodation set up, or if you thought that, uh, you know, this year, um, as soon as school is done, we'll just uh, uh, give the apartment up. My my kids are in London. I, I kept paying rent throughout the summer uh, just to ensure that I had secured uh, tenancy for my kids uh, when they go back to school in September. And uh, those who didn't do that were facing some major challenges in finding homes. So yeah, purchasing a rental property with student housing in mind has become very popular. Um, and, you know, later on the show, we'll talk about uh, the impact of, of the rates on those buyers as well. But uh, that is one of the uh, uh, purchasers that we're dealing with now is, is just rental buyers. Good information for us to have, especially in this region. Uh, Bank of Canada held at 5%. So what impact does that have on the market and, and how will it, that impact on inflation as well? Well, a pause is generally looked at as a positive sign for the market. Um, but I think people are just cautious. They're apprehensive about, is this pause real? Is this temporary? Was this just to appease all the premiers who were begging the uh, Bank of Canada not to increase the rate? Um, it, because if the increase did happen, I I believe that it would have had a devastating effect on the market currently. Um, you know, five was sort of the tolerable number. And people had thought that if it gets there, uh, we don't have the latest inflation numbers, at least I don't have them yet. So we're still looking at that 3.3 up from the 2.8 back in June. Um, I believe that if the inflation rate does not go down beyond the 3.3, that late October, I think, is when the next uh, announcement is due. Uh, we will see an increase in our interest rates because that seems to be the only tool that seems to be uh, working to control inflation. Remember, we've gone from a low in the last three years uh, of 2.81 in June was mm -hmm. the, the inflation. We, we came off of a 7.59 last year. Right. So, you know, we, we're down significantly. We're, we're less than half of that. But it's affecting com consumer spending. You know, that is happening. And I think that's right. part of what needed to happen. But it hasn't really impacted uh, gas prices. They're still up. Grocery prices are still up. Uh, we're not seeing that. Um, so really, the only only market sector that's being affected really in a major way, and it's hurting most people, is the housing sector. And and that that's, you know, we look at that, that's a huge impact. Um, as you said, with with groceries and and everything else, but uh, when 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 push comes to shove, and we take a look at um, at the end of the month, right? Is is there still money in the bank account, or you know, is there more month to go? Um, it's it's a big one, and that, and 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 I think we're all feeling that pinch as well too. So, and I know that people are paying attention, especially with you know when they're looking at interest rates, they're looking at what the government's deciding to do, and, and I I think you're right. There's there's this sort of cautious optimism maybe right now, but it also feels like people are kind of holding their breath a little bit. Yeah. And if you look at um, the biggest challenges, if you bought a home in 2018 and let's say it was a $700,000 home, the interest rate in 2018 was between three to 3.2% for that home. Fast forward five years brings you to today, 2023. The interest rate today is 6.2%. Now, even though you have paid down your mortgage in five years, and hopefully you didn't take a HELOC, a home line equity uh, credit, um, and, and you didn't uh, increase your mortgage, but let's say you didn't increase your mortgage and you had that 
$700,000 mortgage. Now it's down to say close to $600,000. You've paid off between eighty dollars to $100,000. When that renewal comes in today at 6.2%, instead of your mortgage payment going down hmm. because you owe less money, it's actually going up by about $1,200 on a $700,000 mortgage. So that's a very big impact to most households because you can't prepare for that. And you certainly didn't get that kind of a raise in most cases no. to accommodate no. for that increase. So it's going to hurt a lot of people. And I don't think we've seen the pain or the bloodshed on the streets yet. I think people are sustaining their they're, they're, they're maintaining what they can. I, I'm dealing with families every day right now that are, are are speaking exactly to the fact that, look, we've paid down our mortgage, but our rate has doubled. Um, and we just don't have the bandwidth to be able to manage this type of payments. And, and we're going to have to sell our homes. Right. Is there an opportunity in in some cases for someone to take the amortization and ex, you know lengthen that out to say you know thirty years if it was if it was smaller or uh, less than that or is that is that really not going to make much of a difference? It, it it will make a difference, but I I think that stretching it to thirty years is a is a challenge, and certainly I'm not a mortgage uh, specialist, but it's it's a great conversation to have with a mortgage specialist. Can we do we have enough amortization? available to be able to stretch it out. Will they give me 30 years? In most cases, banks don't really want to go over mm -hmm. 25 right now. And they're, they're just being very cautious as well. It's important for us to have these conversations. I know uh, friends of ours, they were in that exact same situation. And he said, it's it's an extra thousand dollars a month. So he said, I'm, I'm a problem solver. Uh, we've decided to take in a renter. Not everybody can do that, right? But that's that's kind of the mindset that some people are in right now. But important information for us to have for sure. Um, we're coming up on a break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to the fall a little bit. Stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, Faisal Suziwala. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Uh, Faisal, before the break, we were talking about uh, how things had gone uh, during the summer months, and uh, we, you know, maybe some cautious optimism, but but some people are are maybe holding their breath at this point. Are there any government incentives or, or relief that's going to come to to battle the housing crisis that we're dealing with right now? Yes. Yeah, so the Canadian Housing Minister uh, Sean Fraser was evaluating what can we do, what options are there. And some of those options include some tax incentives uh, for builders to build. And that could be, um, you know, dealing with uh, the GST on um, on materials and whatnot. So again, we don't have a clear picture. This was just announced very, very recently uh, that there are some options being looked at right now. Now, that's great. That's I think that's a positive sign. As long as those savings are being passed on to consumers, the other um, incentive that will be available is lower cost financing to builders, uh, provided there is a affordable housing component right. uh, in the development. So 
what percentage that is, I'm not sure. I've heard as high as 30% of any development should have some component of um, low-income housing or, or cost-effective housing. Um, and I think there's a need for that. We can't just go building luxury condos everywhere. Right. Um, and that's why we're seeing a shift in the market now um, and seeing a lot of that happening. There's a lot of money that was allocated by the provinces for municipalities. I just don't know where that money is being used. Um, right. It was supposed to be used to make the municipalities more efficient. Um, I, I don't know if that's actually happened yet. Uh, I haven't seen the benefits of the efficiencies yet, but I hope that that uh, does uh, start coming into our marketplace. Time efficiency is very important. Um, I know that uh, some of the autonomy has been taken away from the municipalities and more from a provincial level, there's a mandates for, for building houses faster. Um, I'd like to see that. But then on the flip side of it, builders are saying, you know, talking of what can the government do? Um, builders are saying, well, there's no market right now. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to go out and build a you a 2,000 square foot home on a in a new subdivision where I've paid 15,000 a front foot for the lot. So to translate that 50 foot lot, $750,000 for the lot, right. uh, $300 a square foot to build that 2,000 square foot home, add $600,000, you're at 1.3 million, 1.35 million. Uh, the resale home equivalent to that can be purchased on the resale market today, somewhere around a million dollars. That developer or builder is saying, wait, why would I go ahead and put this type of product out in the market today when there's no audience for it and they can go and buy resale. The times that builders were thriving was when the resale home market equated to what the new home was. So you could buy a $1.3 million resale or a $1.3 million new and people resonated with the new because they get what they want. Right. right. Hey, that is just not there. And I think it's going to be a while before we see that market. So that just adds to the home crisis that we have. If you can't build homes, and we all have discussed the mandate uh, that the region has, we need 80,000 homes in the never, next seven years. I'm not quite sure where that is going to come from when we can't build and, and it's not cost effective to build. And then the bureaucracy, the red tape that's involved and the lack of incentives for builders to build. Right. So yes, let's incentivize builders. Let's give them the tools and the options and cut the red tape and let's get things going. And that's where we have to look at that and let's put that money to use where it's needed. And I know the the, the province has been, you know, talking about uh, having to to build more homes. And and uh, the one the one number that was thrown around the other day was, uh, you know, building homes that would cost someone five hundred thousand dollars. But I'm I'm thinking I don't know where those homes would be at, a, at and where that price point would be at, set at say four fifty or five hundred thousand dollars. I don't. Are we past that? Are we? Are can we get back to that? Or or are we looking at tiny homes? Like what? How would we get back to a price like that? Well, the, the stacked project, right? The stacked homes. And uh, and I've mentioned I'm doing one right now uh, at Mill and uh, Queen Street in Kitchener. We're doing another project at Northfield in Waterloo. These are priced efficiently and effectively to get those buyers into affordable housing. Right. What I mean is that you're looking at about $550, $600 per square foot. 
That makes sense. So yes, you can buy a 600 square foot starter stack townhome unit somewhere in that, you know, 400, $450,000 range. That still makes sense today to do that. Mm -hmm. um, we have that are as low as $350,000 if you're looking for a studio apartment. But those are those that's your stepping stone to getting into the housing market. If you're hoping to find a home at $500,000 with a white picket fence and a garage, it's not going to happen. In our region, I think we're far from it right now. And and that's a good point. And you've talked about this in the past. Get your foot in the door. Get started. Start somewhere. And it, as you said, it's not your your first home. Most likely isn't going to be your dream home. And I think, uh, you know, the example in our family. You know, for my wife and I, we started. We had a little town home. It was good for the two of us. And then when the two kids came along, it was time to look for something bigger. And and it's it's being instead of that idea of. You know, you want this yesterday. You've got to you've got to wait a little bit and 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 put your time in. And that's that's easier said than done. I get that, but get your foot in the door and and move on from there. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. I mentioned the uh, the the story of my friend and and having to rent out uh, you know part of the the home. What can homeowners be doing right now to help them get through the the higher interest rate renewals? What other kinds of things can we be doing? Well, I think exactly like what your friend did was exactly what people should be doing. They have to get out of their comfort zone. Um, we have to look at options. So if you've got a home where you have additional bedrooms you're not using, an office you're not using, we know there is a huge need for student housing. Uh, students are looking to rent rooms wherever they can get a room. And um, there's a challenge in, in, in accommodating students. So um, the average could be anywhere from six to $800 per room. Mm -hmm. And that's sufficient to get you through that hump of that higher interest rate, that new renewal that you're getting. So open your sort of options up to that. If you've got a basement apartment, now a basement apartment, or if you can create a basement apartment, now let's just say, and I know, you know, in these times where we don't want to take on additional debt, but if it's good debt, if it makes sense. So if your ROI, your return on your investment is going to give you 10% or 12% return on that, or even more in most cases. So let's just take the average thousand square foot home uh, that has a basement that may have a rec room. It may have a bedroom already in it. So you may have to put an egress window, you you know, make sure it's fire safety. Uh, you might have to go through some 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 zoning issues and whatnot. But again, it's it's, it's becoming a lot more lenient now. Now that we have this crisis right. you may need to add a kitchen um most of these homes have a bathroom or at least a rough in so let's just ballpark it at fifty thousand dollars which is right. a lot of money but if you can come up with fifty thousand dollars and that generates eighteen hundred dollars a month income well i'll tell you if i could go out there and buy rental units for fifty thousand dollars and get eighteen hundred dollars a month income i would yeah. do that all day long because right. we were spending $500,000 to get a stacked unit, and then you're getting $2,200 or two, but you're paying 10x, 10 times what it would cost to put. So perhaps instead of looking for that investment property now, look at creating an investment property within your household, get that rental income coming in, helps you pay for a lot of that. And if you're an empty nester, or if you have that space available, instead of downsizing or going out there, because you'll be shocked. You may not get the kind of money you want for your home, and then you're going to turn around and try to buy something, and you can't get quite what you want, or you're giving, you're getting half of what you just gave up. 
right. um, at, at, at almost the same price, or you're going to rental, which is going to cost you a lot more money. We're getting $2,400, $2,500 for two bedrooms, basement apartments. So you can see where the rent market is going. So those are great options. Tiny homes, excellent option. Um, if you're away, uh, if you've got a place in Florida or if you've got a cottage, right. uh, instead of letting it sit vacant, the months you're not using it, start generating some income on, out of those as well. So there's options always available. It's just uncomfortable. Most people don't want to have a stranger moving into their home. They don't want to have to create accommodation when they've been used to independent living. And I get that. But the alternative is you could be looking at some financial distress and ultimately having to sell your home. So get uncomfortable for a couple of years and, and make it work. And, and you know, you, you talked about that idea of if you're downsizing and, as you said, you, you might not get what you're looking for on, on one end and on the other end, you know, unless you're willing to, to pull up your stakes and move to, uh, you know, out, out east or up north or something like that. The, you're you're in this market. You know what this market is is like right now. So it, 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 you got to be careful what it is that you're looking for. And it's it's good information for us to uh, to look at that idea as well. Like you're not you're not ready to uh, you know to move to to PEI. You still want to be here. As you said, get you might have to get a little a little creative with things. But um, it's it. it rather than giving up your home rather than than having to look at uh, that you know a rental um it's it's important for you to to be able to look at all of those things and and you've said this uh, from you know for the last 6 or 7 months that you know here we are coming out of uh, the last time you even thought about your mortgage was back in 2018 well it's a little too late right now this is this is the situation you find yourself in but important for us to uh, to look at that um we will take another break uh, we'll get an update from the city news 570 news center when we come back um is it still a good time to buy or sell real estate we're going to ask Faisal that question stay with us here on city news 570 come back to the show my guest today is canada's top real estate broker and author of the book the real deal billion-dollar real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. At the beginning of the show, Faisal, we talked a bit about what uh, was going on in the summer, and, and we always ask you to bring out that crystal ball. Any any idea what we should be expecting to see in the market when we get to, let's say, around Halloween, the end of October? Yeah, so I think October 26th is the next announcement uh, expected from the Bank of Canada. We've, you know, we've kind of expected that there might be a rate hike coming in September, but that didn't happen. But I, as we've heard, it's not off the table. Right. And it's, it's expected that if inflation numbers continue to go the wrong direction, which is up, then we will see another rate hike. Now, that would be devastating to the market. Uh, if it's a quarter percent or whatever that number is, it will hurt us. Now, there's a lot of financial analysts, uh, you know, economists that are saying that um, it's unlikely that that will happen, that it cannot happen. It would be just uh, something that would be uh, devastating to everyone across the board, builders, first-time home buyers, people who own homes, people who are having renewals. So there's some thought that it could actually start declining after October and into the spring. 
Um, that's an optimistic sort of view. I'm an optimist. I certainly think, but I don't believe that values will start jumping up that quickly because people have sort of gone through that roller coaster. We saw what the pause did between June and uh, sorry, uh, January and June. We didn't see, uh, we saw a 10% increase in the market and then Instantly, we saw a five to seven percent decline as soon as the rate went up. So I think people are just cautious now and saying, well, I'm not going to react to anything, whether the rate goes up or goes down. I'll just do nothing for a little while. So it will take some time for the good news to start coming back to the market. People feeling confident again, going and buying. But until we see these rates drop to four percent, I don't think we're going to see numbers that we saw uh, for probably two, two and a half years from now. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So it's, it's a long game and we've talked about that before as well, that, uh, you know, it, we've, and that blip that we talked about that had happened, you know, uh, back a year and a half ago, we got to, we just put that in the back in the, in the rear view mirror, because it, 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 it's where we're at right now is, we know prices are have gone up across the board, and uh, and if it's if it is that sort of wait and see mentality, um, people have to be ready to sit. As you said, it could be two, it could be two and a half years, but that's that's where uh, where we're headed. So we'll keep our eyes peeled for October the twenty sixth. We'll see what uh, what comes out of the uh, the announcement there. So I guess the question is, it's still a good time to buy or sell real estate. What? How do you how do you encourage people to still be active in the market? You know, it's it's relative. Um, it's still a good time to buy from the perspective of price. Right. We know that we are down 20 to 25% over the highs that we've seen. We're still, we, we're nowhere near recovery. We're nowhere near the prices that uh, people have paid up to, until last year, March. Mm -hmm. So there's an opportunity if you're a first time home buyer or someone who was in the market and couldn't find a home to now enter the market, but be mindful of the term that you take on your interest rate. Don't lock in for five years. If what everyone is saying, all the economists are saying that the rates will come down. If we're expecting the rates will come down closer to 4% in the next two years, well, there's your answer. Right. Yes, you're going to pay a higher interest rate for the next two years, but you've just saved $200,000 over what you would have paid when the, when the rates were really low. Mm -hmm. You would have paid a higher price point, which means it would take you longer to pay that off, wouldn't it? And it would take a lot, lot more cash um, over time uh, being utilized in interest payments because your mortgage is going to be that much longer to pay off. So right now you have an opportunity to buy at a realistic price, buy at probably below market value, um, purchase with some thoughtfulness because you're not in as many bidding wars. And as long as you lock in only for you know a two-year mortgage, which is probably going to be around that 6.2%, 6, 6 Right. You're still comfortable enough to say, okay, I'll weather the storm. And even if you do the math and the calculation on it, and it's costing you an extra $10,000 a year because of the higher interest rate, hypothetically, that's only $20,000 over two years, but you save 200000 So when the rates go back down, you're going to be that much further ahead. Now, if you're a seller, if you're selling your home today, and you said to me, and I, and I have these conversations with people every day, if you're selling today and you're going to go into a rental, I say, don't, don't sell your home today. Okay. Hold on. Because you're, you're, you're now 
coming off of out of the game, you're sitting on the sidelines and we don't know what the market's going to do. So your money is probably going to grow faster sitting in your home than if you take your money, go into a rental and sit and with that money in the bank. It's not going to grow at that quickly. Mind you, we're seeing five and a half percent GICs right now. So I could be wrong on that. So maybe if you're a gambler and you want to take a one year GIC with uh, with your equity, you might come out a little bit further ahead. But if you're buying and selling, or if you're, for example, if you're selling your home to buy another home, it's all relative. Right. You're going to get 20% less for your home than you would have if you sold that March of 2022, but you're going to pay 20% less. So it's all relative and you're still, your investment vehicle is still there. You haven't given up your opportunity to follow the market gains. Right. So you're still winning. You're not you're not any further behind. In fact, you might be further ahead because of the same reason that you're not getting into bidding wars or you're not overpaying for something uh, that you would have, say, two years ago. And and I think it might, it, for some people that, that might be that sort of knee jerk reaction, right? We sell it. And we're gonna we're gonna sit in the rental market for a couple of years. But you know, if you if you if you stack them up side by side, when you're sitting in the home that you're actually paying that mortgage of, that that home that's yours, right? And it's only going to increase in value as as long as you're there. And you're you're paying off someone else's mortgage as soon as you make that jump into the rental market. We know not everyone, you know, necessarily can can be in that same situation. But I mean, I've said this before when I, I take a look at my mortgage payment right now. I couldn't get an apartment for for basically that, right? So it, it makes sense for us just to uh, to keep uh, where we are. And if the rate does go up, and or if I'm looking at at having to lock in for say two years, um, two years from now, I'm, I'm going to be able to reap the benefits of of having made that decision to to go that route. Yeah, and in fact, I had this conversation with a client today where their mortgage payment is going to go up a thousand dollars per month. And they thought, well, we should just sell the property and 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 rent for a little while. So we did the math. They were paying four thousand dollars a month right now. Right. The an equal home they could go out and rent. It'll probably cost them thirty five hundred dollars a month. So they're only saving five hundred dollars a month by going into a rental property because their family needs are still to have that size of home. Um, so a thousand dollars it goes up, but you're only saving five hundred dollars a month. Really, there's it doesn't make sense because by the time you pay the fees, the the commission, the legal fees, the penalty to get out of that mortgage, yeah. you're into on the average price of a home fifty to sixty thousand dollars in costs, right? Because you are trying to save twelve thousand dollars that year. So be really mindful of: Are you achieving what you're actually setting out to do? Are you actually saving money? Because that twelve thousand dollars a year that you would have paid for the next two years is recoverable when the market goes back up. But that $60,000 that you just spent today because if you want to get out of that mortgage to save that extra $1,000 a month, um, it's gonna take a long time for you to ever recover that money. I, I, I'm glad to hear you say that too though, Faisal, because people are are comfortable enough, as you said, to come and talk to you about that. And, and you, you know, it's you, you're kind of not to say you're a disinterested third party, but you can take a step back and say, well, look at it. Let's let's compare these two things, because oftentimes, especially if someone's looking at that pinch of an extra, you know, whatever it happens to be on their mortgage, a lot of those decisions end up being emotional ones. And if you can stop for a second and actually look at the numbers and say, hey, 
let's stack these up side by side. You're going to come out ahead if you stay where you are for now and and ride it out. And I'm and I'm glad to to hear you say that because I know that that's for 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 the clients that you work with, they're they're comfortable enough coming to talk to you about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and and I spend a lot of time, believe it or not, talking people out of selling their homes <laughs> because we don't want. And then it comes it sounds really odd coming from a real estate agent that you shouldn't sell your house. But it's it's because you know at some point they're going to realize they made the wrong decision. Right. Um. And and there's no point in helping somebody make the wrong decision for whatever benefit someone may feel that they're getting out of it. So it, it's always that thoughtfulness that needs to go in and say. Yes, I get it. Optically, I've saved a thousand bucks a month by selling this house right now and going into a rental. But let's do the math. Let's look mm -hmm. at the cost. Let's look at the penalties. Let's look at the cost of getting out of this situation. Sometimes that's going to make it prohibitive. And you don't even know what you're getting yourself into until you've already done it. Good to know. Important information for everyone to be hearing. We'll take a final break here on Ask the Experts. When we come back, how the LRT impacts real estate. You're listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Faisal Suziwala, also known as Canada's top real estate broker. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly at 519-624-5555 or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Before the break, Faisal, we were talking about, is it still a good time to buy or sell? Uh, we have also been talking about, uh, you know, what homeowners can do to help them get through uh, higher interest rates and so on. So how would higher interest rates affect investors and, and maybe ultimately uh, the rental market as well? What goes on there? Yeah, so the interest rates, uh, they affect everyone and especially investors because the investor is not a cash buyer typically. They are buyers that are leveraging you know, other people's money. So the bank's money has to come in to finance that deal so they can buy multiple properties and grow their investment portfolio. When they are borrowing at the same rates you and I are at 6.25% for that mortgage, um, they're looking at their spend. So if they're going to spend six or $700,000 on a property to create a rental unit, their mortgage payment is going to be probably double what it would have been back when the prices were even higher. Right. Um, so that money has to be recoverable. So if the output, so, and we've talked about cash flow, I'm not overly fussy about having major cash flow because I buy for appreciation more than cash flow. Um, but today, you don't also don't want negative cash flow. So if you're if you're in balance, it's fine. But if you're out of pocket fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars a month because you bought an investment property at six point two five percent, that money's got to be recovered somewhere. So how do you recover it? You charge a higher rent. If you're buying a property that is already uh, rented out to an existing tenant that property is definitely not going to carry. So an investor is saying, I have no interest in buying a property with tenants in it because I'm not going to be able to jack the rents up and therefore my interest rate is going to be too high. It doesn't make any sense for me to make this investment. So this is where investors are saying, if I'm going to get 5% on my money by investing in a real estate uh, option here, I might as well leave my money in my GIC and earn five, five and a quarter percent, five and a half percent without any risk. It's guaranteed money. So this is why we're going to have a bigger crisis. Investors are saying, I'm not buying. 
I'm not renting. And if I am renting, I need a massive premium on my rent in order for this investment to make sense. Otherwise, I'll leave my money in the bank and get interest on it. Correct. So it's, again, there's a big problem with this all comes back to the crisis. It all comes down to interest rates. And until those interest rates start coming down, until inflation is under control, until there's supply chain uh, and, and material available at a reasonable cost and labor available at reasonable cost or just labor available, right. we're going to see this crisis continue for the next 10 years. Important. And it, it's it's like that old, you know, you drop the pebble in and you watch the ripples effect. And 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 that's exactly what's going to be happening there as well, too. Important for everyone to be aware of these things. We know uh, around the region, we see there's a lot of construction. Uh, we've heard the LRT is planning on expanding into uh, to Cambridge. So and 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 when the region looks at properties, whether it be LRT expansion, whether it be uh, road widening or or roundabouts, um, the term is expropriation. So in a nutshell, what does that all mean to to a home buyer if they happen to be, let's say, in property that that the government deems to be important and, and they need to be able to uh, uh, to make use of it? So, yeah, I've been involved in several incidents where there's expropriation either pending or it's happened or it's going to happen. And in, in every scenario is very different. You should always consult with an expropriation lawyer. So when you get a letter from the region or anyone, a municipality, saying that your land or your home has been identified uh, kind of for the greater good of the community to be demolished so we can widen the road, put a roundabout in, put the LRT in, or whatever needs to be happening in order to create the infrastructure. So the region, the municipalities have the ability to basically knock on your door, give you a little bit of time and cut you a check. It's the, it's up to you now to challenge them to mm -hmm. say, well, you didn't pay enough. Well, there is a process. You will have the option to go back and forth and negotiate. Rarely are you as a buyer going to uh, or a homeowner going to feel that you got fair value for your property. And rarely does the region feel that they didn't overpay you. So mm -hmm. there's always a disconnect. And that's where an expropriation lawyer is very important to have on your team. The challenge with the expropriation uh, process is that you as a homeowner, landowner must pay huge fees for appraisals, for legal fees, for consulting fees, for planners, engineers to come up and make your case. We're we could be talking hundreds of thousands of dollars by the time you plead your case and by the time it gets heard. But in the meantime, they cut you a check and they have the ability to take your land. You don't right. have a choice in this matter. They can do that. Now, all of that money that you've spent is recoverable. They have to reimburse you, but it's after the fact. So right. a lot of people are position to spend that money to fight the region so what do they do well hands up i'm going to just take what i can get so don't don't easily give in like make sure that you understand could at the very least consult with your trusted realtor to say hey i'm being offered x amount for my home because they're going to demolish it and put a road through it is that fair value the other option, the other issue can be that you've been given an expropriation notice, but the expropriation is not going to happen for the next five years or seven mm -hmm. years or nine years when that LRT comes into Cambridge or wherever. Now, as, as a homeowner, you have this information. You must disclose that to right. future buyers. So if I'm going to sell my home to you 
I have to tell you that, hey, Brock, I'm selling you this house, but in three years, there's going to be a road going through it. What are the chances that you're going to want to buy that house? Right. Probably right. very low. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and there's already a prescribed sort of amount that you're going to get for it. So you, now what you've done is you've created a situation where you, you've caused injury to that, that, that ability to sell that property. And there should be a payout on that. So it's called injurious affection. And, and that's, you know, what you would have had. And again, I'm not a lawyer, consult with a lawyer, consult with a planner, consult with someone who knows municipal law to give you the proper advice, because expropriations are going to happen often. They're going to happen in every region. I've personally been involved in three myself wow. on land properties that I've owned. So I've learned through that process. And I've, I, and I've thought to myself that had I not been in a position to challenge the municipalities that I was involved in, um, this could have gone very wrong. And I've actually given opinions of value because I'm not an appraiser, but I've given opinions of value to clients of mine who are under these processes as we speak. And I'm looking at it and saying, well, okay, great. It's great that you want to sell your home. I'm happy to be your agent, but I have a problem. I have to disclose that yeah. in two years, there's going to be a bypass going through your front living room. Yeah. yeah. We have a problem. So, so these are things that are happening, but know your rights, understand, and don't be quick to just settle. The offers that are being given to people, quite honestly, I feel are disgustingly low and well below what market value should be on, on someone's home. So look, it's still taxpayers' money. It's still your money and my money that has to be paid out, but let's do it responsibly right. and let's do it without affecting people's uh, you know, comfort and, 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 and living. I would think too that you know there's power in numbers. So if you if if chances are that they've reached out to you, they've reached out to your neighbors, maybe on either side or down the street, and you might have a case, right? You might be able to say, look, let's let's talk to a lawyer, let's see what what sort of situation. I think back maybe a decade ago, and it was it seemed to me it was a highway widening, maybe through uh, maybe through Shakespeare, I think, over near Stratford. And it ended up that it, it never went through because I think enough people in the community said, look, there are other options. We can do a bypass. We can do something else because the, you know, it was, it was, and, and they, and you rally it's, it doesn't happen very often, but like you said, don't just, don't just roll over, take the check and and go on. Like make sure that, uh, that you ask some questions and, and even if you don't, you know, you, you as they always say, you, you know, you can't fight city hall, but you can you can try right and and you can at least ask those questions and and find out as much as you can about um what your what your your rights are what your obligations are and and it's important information for for people to know that as well yeah understand what your property value is i i do a lot of evaluations for people and i always see you know there was a little chunk of land taken off the corner or or 20 feet taken off their side yard for road widening and i see the values that they were paid out. And it just shocks me sometimes that somebody wow. just gave up 20 feet of their side yard for $10,000. Right. There was more value than that. So just get a professional in, whether it's an agent, an appraiser, or someone you trust to come in and give you some, especially if you've lived in that home for 50 years or 60 years, you may not know what the... So to give you an example, land sold by their linear foot, front foot. So if you have yep. a 50 by 100 foot lot, 50 is your front footage, your linear footage is your 50 feet. That could be anywhere as low as 10,000 a front foot to 15,000 a front foot. Now, if they're taking 20 feet of that, at, and at, at, even at $10,000, that's $200,000 right. that you right. are entitled to get it. 
So if you're being offered fifteen or twenty thousand dollars for it, I'd love to be able to buy land at a thousand a front foot. No kidding, no kidding. Important for for people to, to hear that information. Faisal, I want to thank you for coming on the show again today. Um, always a pleasure to chat with you, and and always uh, learning some new insights as well. Thank you for having me on, Brock. And thanks for uh, for giving us some of your time. That was Faisal Suziwala, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, and lucky for us, someone willing to share his thoughts on the current real estate market. Big thank you to our technical producer, Devin Robertson, for pushing all the right buttons. And thanks to you listeners for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.